Hello and welcome to the first podcast of 2019. There's only one topic that everyone's been talking about and we're no different. It's the Opal Tower crumbling as we speak. This is the Flat Chat Wrap. Hi, I'm joined again by Sue Williams, property writer and author, to talk about this week's, this month's, possibly this year's big story, The Opal Tower. Hi, Sue. Hi, Jimmy. Nice to be here. Good to see you. (laughs) So, The Opal Tower, was it a surprise when this story broke? Well, it was a surprise when it happened. It wasn't a surprise so much that it happened. Um, Not specifically about the Opal Tower, but an apartment building somewhere in Sydney was obviously going to hit the headlines at some point. Okay. Would you have expected it to be in quite such a dramatic fashion? No. it's. I mean, it really was spectacular, people being evacuated from their homes. And, of course, the fact that it was on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve Uh, really added to the story, the poignancy of the story, exacerbated somewhat by the fact that it would have been a quiet news day. Sure, and it kind of gave it a little biblical edge, which is kind of appropriate. Yeah, yeah, no no room at the inn. Mm. Um, Those poor Airbnb people who turned up and found that they were being kicked out as soon as they got here. So I guess the issue fell under fair trading, didn't it? And uh, It would have been fair trading who had responsibility for mopping up the aftermath and seeing what's happening, but... How well have they performed? Well, you would have thought fair trading would have been front and centre on this, but in fact it was Anthony Roberts, the planning minister, who seemed to take control of the issue. Um, I would have thought planning was somewhere in the distant history of this building, but uh, he's a real heavyweight in New South Wales Parliament. Um, He stepped in. Fair trading... You know, they had an information night, and I believe it all kind of fell apart fairly quickly. Fair trading are really good at dealing with tenants. Um, They've kind of got that off pat. They've got the rules and regulations, and everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Uh, But when it comes to strata owners, and I'm talking about residents as well as investors, they can't really say anything, or they don't want to say anything, because it gets very messy and very legal very quickly. Right, because presumably when they had that information meeting, people were extremely angry and looking for answers and fair trading couldn't give them anything, really. Well, no. I mean, again, with tenants, they basically said, look, the, the building's been declared uninhabitable, so you can break your lease and go and find somewhere else to stay. Good luck with that at this time of year. But as far as the residents were concerned, and, and people you know, were concerned on a number of fronts, they were looking for answers, not least when can we get back into our homes. And they just weren't equipped to deal with that. Right. And we've both been writing about defects for a long time now. Um, the University of New South Wales reported a few years ago that about 85% of buildings built in New South Wales have defects. Yeah. Um, so defects is a huge problem in New South Wales and in Australia generally, really. Yeah. Hu- so a huge... I guess this wasn't such a massive surprise that these defects should be showing so quickly. No, it's a huge problem and it's hugely ignored. I mean, we, we've been talking, we've been writing about this for years. The defects issue, basically, I mean, the estimate is 85% of buildings, yes. Some of those defects are minor, some of them as we've seen, are huge. The big issue then becomes how do you get your money back if you, your apartment is uninhabitable or is below standard? You know, if you uh, you buy a kettle or a car and it's not up to, to scratch, you take it back to the dealership, you take it back to the shop and hand it back and get your money back. 
just imagine if if people did that with apartments. They right. Took the keys back to the the real estate agent and said, "No, this isn't." fit for purpose can I have my money back please well, I think certainly some people from the Opal Tower were, were trying to do that kind of thing and they and the developers were saying it wasn't our fault it was not us there was builders and the builders saying not us it's the certifiers and the certifiers saying not us it's the system oh god where does it end how in, can it end in, indeed indeed and we'll, we'll come to that in a second Um, yeah, the the developers blame the builders. The builders are saying, well, kind of like, yeah, I suppose it's our fault. Uh, they everybody's blaming the certifiers, which is kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's a, it feels like the logical thing to do to say, oh, the certifiers signed off on this, so you know they're at fault. But in fact, it's quite possible that the certifiers never set foot in the building. Well, the certifiers, their job really is to gather all the paperwork, isn't it, from yeah. other trades who are certifying everything. The, certifying so, their own work. Yes, exactly. And there, thereby lies the problem. Um, yeah, the, the certifiers are, are paper shufflers and box tickers. I apologise to any certifier who's listening who's outraged by that comment. But basically, that is their job. And that's why it's kind of ridiculous that the... Minister for Fair Trading, uh, to give him his correct title for Innovation and Better Regulation, uh, Matt Keane, is saying, oh, we're going to have a crackdown on, on certifiers. Well, big deal. It's going to make zero difference. So what could make the difference? Engineers Australia have come up with an idea that we reported that every element should be checked when it's completed. So, you know, once the concrete pour for a certain floor has been checked, once the walls have been slotted in, somebody should check them so that at every stage the quality of work is checked. Uh, This will have developers and builders throwing their hands up and saying, well, that's going to be ridiculously expensive and slow things down. But according to Engineers Australia and the Lambert report, which was commissioned by the government, basically said, look, it will cost 6% more to have that level of scrutiny. But the cost benefit is something like uh, 4.6 times. So, Mm. okay, it will cost you more, but it will save you so much money and having to come back, have legal battles and all the rest of it. The, The sensible answer is do a proper check when the building's being built and then everybody knows that everything is okay. Absolutely, because I think those same engineers Australia were saying that if you fix the defects afterwards, it generally costs about 35% of the building's value. Yeah. yeah. And the and the New South Wales government, as we know, have introduced a 2% defects bond. Yeah. Or 2% and 35%. <laughs> there's a huge difference. Oh, that's just And going if 6% is going to fix it, Geez, it's like it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Well, they're talking about you know the emergency fund for building defects, like for the whole state, is possibly going to be swallowed up by the Opal Building, mm. like that will be all the reserves gone. So you know it's ridiculous. I mean, a building of that size, that prominence, and the other the other thing that people are starting to talk about it now is what about the value of the apartment? Let's assume that everything can be fixed and the building can stop cracking and everybody can go back and it's a beautiful building and it, it looks great and everybody can go back and say, right, this building's okay. What has this done to property values? Sure. Well, I think we've had one real estate agent already saying that probably the value of apartments in the Opal Tower have dropped by 50%. And you can't help thinking that 
I mean, who's going to buy an apartment in there now unless it's a rock-bottom price? Yeah, or a renter. A, a tenants will be queuing up thinking, yeah, we can get a, a nice apartment for a really low rent here because nobody wants to live here. I Quite rightly, I mean, that's, that's their prerogative. But for the people who bought, and these are the people who are always forgotten in this equation, the people who put up the money, the people who pay the mortgages. Their life savings often. All of that stuff. Their lives have gone into these apartments, and they are the last people to be considered. You know, yeah, the renters. I mean, the, the minister even said the other day, oh, we're looking after the renters and the Airbnb guests who've been left out in the cold. What about the owners? <laughs> are they not voters? <laughs> yeah, well, apparently not. We'll find out in a few months. The thing about the cost, the value of the properties, is there is no mechanism for compensation for that loss. You know, it's basically, as we know, it's going to be court cases. Unless the developer, the government and the builder all come get together and say, look, you know, we, we're at fault here. Let's work out a reasonable compensation for these people. It could happen. But uh, otherwise, it will be court cases. It will get ugly. It will get expensive. And it will be incredibly soul-destroying for the people involved. Presumably some will be tempted to default on their mortgages, won't they? Because the value of their apartments will be a lot less than the mortgages they're paying. Negative equity. Mm, Well, that was already happening to people who'd bought off the plan. Possibly not in this building Mm. until until this happened. But in a lot of buildings that have just come on stream, people were paying, because of the, the timing, people were paying the absolute premium at the top of the market to get to buy the apartments off the plan. And now... Even without cracking in the walls, they're finding that property prices in New South Wales have gone down 10% in the mm. past couple of years. That's their, that's negative equity for a lot of people. Sure. And it's very hard because I, I'm sure a lot of people now feel really nervous about buying off the plan. You know, that they won't, there won't be half as much competition for new apartments now because people will be justifiably anxious about what they're buying. They don't really know what's going on behind those walls. Well, exactly. But it used to be you could buy off the plan and get a terrific bargain, you know, because you were speculating on behalf of the developer. You were helping the developer to get the money to help him or her to build the building. And then people started making a lot of profit from it. And the developers decided, well, if anybody's going to make profit, it's got to be us. So they started inflating the prices. And then we get into this area of, well, what is the true value of an apartment? It's got very little to do with how much it costs to build plus a profit margin. Mm. It's got everything to do with how much are people prepared to pay for it. Mm. So people might have been prepared to pay for an apartment, you know, when they saw it in a drawing or a, an artist's impression, but then then other people are not prepared to pay the same amount for it. And that that is, by definition, negative equity. You've bought more, you've borrowed more mm. than the property is worth. I think it's really appalling long term for apartment dwellers. I mean, we've we've been really kind of getting into the apartment lifestyle. We've many of us have been really loving the apartment lifestyle, and now I think people are looking at um, kind of land 
and thinking, well, that's really solid, <laughs> much yeah. more solid than apartments. Yeah. And, um, you know, there will be maybe a drift back to houses now. Well, yeah, and the, the problem with that is we're running out of space. You know, mm, we're starting sure. to encroach on farmland and uh, the, the land, the acreage that we require to feed the city is gradually being eaten up by the, the the houses for the city. I mean, the advantage, I'm sure, in the back of pe- other people's minds is if even if I bought a house and even if that house had walls that were cracking, as a last resort, I could knock it down and build another house because yeah. I've still got the land. Whereas with apartments, you've got a hole in the sky, basically, and there's very limited on what you can do in terms of repairing your section of the building if the whole building is crumbling. And it will affect people's confidence. I'm absolutely sure of it. So really now we need some definitive action by the government to reform the the building system, to make sure work is certified properly um, and not kind of by a developer paying a certifier to certify their own work. No. I mean, it's crazy. Like, even as a writer... You know, I'll write something, but it's great for me for a sub-editor to have a look at it or an editor to look at it. Yeah. Because, you know, there's little mistakes in there that I may not have noticed. Yeah. I mean, for anybody, it's really hard to certify their own work, you know, from writers to builders to developers to everyone, really. So... Yeah, well, a friend of mine who used to be a surveyor was saying that the the day that the... And it was a former Labour government who did this. They took the certification away from councils and gave it to private certifiers paid for by the developers. He said that was basically uh, giving a fox the job of looking after the hen house, mm, and, yeah. and as has been proved to be the case. And then, ever since then, both Labour and the Coalition have been fiddling with what was fundamentally a stupid idea to try and make it work. And it can't work. I mean, what needs to happen, the um, Lambert uh, report had a 150 different items in the, the proposals that would make this work properly but one thing that could work is the government sets up an agency that has the certifiers and the developer pays the government for the cost of certification so it's still the developer paying but they're not phoning up jack the certifier and saying oh i've got another three buildings for you to to sign off on and if uh, you see me right i'll see you'll you be right. another three down mm. the road from that it's yeah. it's not even doesn't even have to be overt corruption sure. it's just uh, you look after me i'll look after you so we want a decent system in place and we want those poor people out the sydney olympic park to get some satisfaction to be properly compensated or to kind of have more confidence that their building's going to be okay in the future yeah and they but, need some uh, real reassurance yes they do but i think Everybody in apartments, especially people moving into apartments in New South Wales, needs a level of reassurance which is not forthcoming at the moment. And partly what we need is to get strata out of fair trading. I mean, it's just, you know, you've got a department that looks after broken kettles and dangerous toys and dodgy mechanics. And there are 50 different pieces of legislation, more than 50 different pieces of legislation come under fair trading. And with so many people now living in apartments and so many more um, slated to live in apartments in the future, it deserves a ministry of its own? Absolutely. Or at least a ministry to which is logically attached. Mm. For instance, if planning and housing, which is one ministry, also included strata, that that would make sense. Now, you could leave renters with fair trading because that's much more a short-term consumer consumer thing. thing. 
But that whole complex thing of planning, housing, strata should be one ministry and it should be one of the big ministries. They should be, you know, sitting at the top table in, in the cabinet. Properly because, funded. Yeah, you know, half the population of Sydney by 2030 is is supposed to be living in strata. They can't keep pretending that it's just a side issue. Mm, absolutely. Or a little pathway to a one day being able to afford one's own house. Oh, that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not happening anymore. No, no. Okay, that was the Black Chat Wrap view of the Opal crisis. My thanks to Sue Williams for turning up again and asking some sensible questions and some questions that aren't being asked by other people who should be asking them. And uh, we hope we've given you some answers and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye, Jimmy.